this weekend at the Panhandle, worshipers will be gathering for a free two-day event designed to promote unity amongst Jesus followers. Now, one of the artists who will lead worship this weekend is Meredith Andrews. Now, we know her from songs like Draw Me Nearer and Open Up the Heavens. And this morning, not only will we get to hear a lot of Meredith's music, we're going to get to know her as an artist and songwriter. Meredith, welcome back to The Morning Conversation. Thanks for having me. You're coming to Nebraska. I know. I'm so excited. I don't even remember the last time I was in Nebraska either, so it's about time. Okay, so you have been to Nebraska before. Yes. Probably not to out to the panhandle, or have you? Not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> Most people come into the eastern part of the state. Too many of them are not blessed enough to go all the way out to the west. You know, but, Right, uh, but now I get the blessing. Absolutely. So you're going to be in uh, Gearing at the Horizon Music Festival. Uh, so tell us what to expect. Well, I'm really excited for this festival because I get a chance to not only lead worship, but I also get a chance to speak as mm, well. Cool. So I don't know who made that decision, but bless them. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm so looking forward to just getting to really engage with the people that are there and meet everyone and get to lead worship and get to worship the Lord together. It's going to be a really, really sweet time. And obviously, I'm not the only one that's going to be there. Mm. Crowder will be there, Jordan Feliz, uh, Jerry Anderson, <laughs> my friend Sarah Reeves. And I'm excited to see all of them. There might even be more that I'm forgetting, but um, those are the ones that I know personally. Mm. And I'm really excited just to get to partner with them and see what God has for us. So, Meredith, you wouldn't know this, but uh, you know the very first song that we ever played by you was uh, Draw Me Nearer. Wow. I mean, that was pretty early in your career, wasn't it? That was on my first album, so that would have got released in 2008. If you can kind of go back to that time, talk about uh, where that song came from and even what were your thoughts even going to as far as the impact that you hoped it would have? Well, you know, back in those early days, especially it was still just me writing songs from this um, place of this is how I communicate with the Lord. This is how I express my heart to the Lord. This is how I process life in a lot of ways. But Draw Me Nearer was a song that I wrote with a guy named Michael Farron. Mm -hmm. At the time, he was in a band called, I think it was called Pocket Full of Rocks that was on my yeah. label. And now he writes tons of songs. He writes a lot of country. He's still in Nashville. He's an amazing guy. But I remember... That day, I don't even necessarily remember the conversation that we had, but I just remember writing that song upstairs in his studio and was really just moved because this was kind of everything that I wanted to say to the Lord in that moment. Mm. Because, you know, it's easy for us to get focused on what God does for us or what He wants to give us. But this song, the song Draw Me Nearer, really was like, Lord, I want you, not what you want to give me, not just what you want to do for me, but I want to know you, who you are, to know your presence in a tangible way. And, you know, it really is based on the promise that's found in God's Word, where, where God says to us, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And so it is just this prayer of, Lord, I'm coming in closer. I want that intimate relationship with you. I'm not looking for religion or programs or a quick fix. I just need, I need to know who you are and who you, and, and who you say I am. Mm. And that's the whole kind of foundation of that song. It's very simple. You know, I want to believe that all the songs that I write are from a pure place, <laughs> but I remember specifically that song, just this, like, this was my heart cry. And as we were writing it, just the tears Tears were kind of flowing. Michael and I both were just like, man, this song just speaks to us. And so 
we didn't really necessarily think of it beyond that moment. Like we had hoped that other people would be drawn into the presence of the Lord when they listened to it. That was kind of it, you know, I, and it's funny how many people have said to me that song stood out. And I think for some reason it was because Pandora played Draw Me Nearer. And so people would hear it that way, even though it wasn't necessarily a radio single, but that's really cool that you guys played it. Meredith, you're not only an artist, but you're also a worship leader. Think of the word synergy. Like I, those seem like they could be very cool spaces to kind of cohabitate in. So yeah, we'd love to sure. hear a little bit about your experience with between those two. When I came out with that first album in 2008, people would ask me, are you an artist or are you a worship leader? And I always just kind of said, well, I'm both. I have a tendency to write songs a lot of times from more of an introspective place, maybe kind of a singer songwriter. That was always my go-to. At the time that I signed a a record deal and released this record, I was actually on staff at a church in Chicago. My husband and I helped start something called Vertical Worship. At the time, it was called Vertical Church Band. And so we were really involved in our church and we were traveling with our church band. And we were also, I was traveling for solo stuff as well. But there was a little bit of a shift, I think probably around 2012, where I just kind of determined like, man, I really love to be intentional about writing songs for the church. There's not much else that I love more than getting to be with a group of believers and worshiping the Lord together. Like it's so powerful. It's what we were meant for. It's There's so much that happens in those moments when we are gathering together and we're lifting up one voice and we're singing out these truths about who God is back to him and over ourselves, started writing songs and getting with other writers and making sure that what we're singing is lines up with scripture and it comes from scripture and it edifies and it and it gives an accurate view of who God is. Like we want to have a right view of who God is. And that was something that I really had to just work on and and grow in because that wasn't my natural inclination to write songs like that. Mm. But the more I've gotten to do it and the more I've learned from people who have written songs for the church for years, the more I love it and kind of gravitate more towards writing songs for the church now. So, I mean, I still consider myself an artist, but I also consider myself a worship leader. And I think we're all called to lots of different things. It doesn't have to necessarily be one specific thing. And we get to explore with the Lord like the things that he's put in us and the things that we dream about and even asking him, why do I think about this a lot? Or why do I dream about this? And, you know, it's all music in a lot of ways, but I also love to speak. I love to teach. I love to mentor young worship leaders. I'm just dreaming with the Lord and we're all on this adventure with him. And we just get to lean in and go, okay, God, what are we doing today? You know, how are we advancing the kingdom of heaven and the earth? And how do you want to use me to do so? And that's for all of us. It's not just for singers and songwriters and worship leaders or people to stand behind a pulpit. It's for all of us that we get to lean in and just say, God, what do you have for me? And, and how, do, how do you want me to partner with heaven to, today to see your kingdom advance in the earth, in my community, in my family, and all around me? Meredith, obviously worship doesn't just include music, but it often does in, in, in a very profound way. And even biblically, there's you know clear you know examples of, kind of music being the platform through which worship was ushered forth. So yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts on what is it about music that so empowers worship? Yeah. Well, God created it and you know, it's all <laughs> good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Enough said. Well, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I think there's so much to stand even within, even in that, like it's amazing even now, you know, that we're able to like kind of explore the ways that our brains respond to music and 
even those things like that, you know, like how it even singing it like elevates our serotonin levels, mm. um, which is like happiness hormone, right? So it's so fascinating to me. God created us to sing. God created us to worship. God created music for his glory. And we get to engage in that. And not only does it bring glory to him, but it also edifies us um, like scientifically, like physically in our brains, you know, like stuff like that is so cool to me. I can't get away from the fact that God repeatedly says, especially in the Psalms, sing a new song, sing a new song to the Lord. It's that creativity of coming up with something new, singing it fresh from our hearts where it's not stale. It's not rehearsed. It's not, and don't get me wrong. There's a place for repetition. There's a place for lyrics on a screen, but I also know that like, what about the times in, in, when we get alone with the Lord and we just offer up a new song to him based on what he's done for us, based on how we've seen him come through for our families, based on his faithfulness and just who he is. And we just sing that out, whether you can sing or not, that does, that's beside the point. God's listening to the voices of our hearts. He's looking at the posture of our hearts and that's what he delights in. And while, you know, worship isn't limited to music. It's definitely one of my favorite ways to worship. So Meredith, you've uh, released a couple new songs here this spring. Uh, One of them is My Undoing. So tell us about that song. Yeah. So, I mean, do y'all remember 2020? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I think we might all want to forget, but uh, amen. (laughs) I do know. Yeah. (laughs) But I also have had lots of conversations with people where it was a refining year. I think Mm that year as well as 2021 it was kind of this season of reflection and also the lord bringing these things into the light and um to the surface because anytime god does that is because he wants to bring healing to our hearts to our lives to our situations and um so for me in 2020 a lot of it was getting back on the altar and just saying lord what are the things that I have built that I've built on my own and apart Mm. from you? Or what are the things that I have believed that are not from your word, that are not what you said to me? Or or what are the patterns that I have adopted and, you know, kind of lived out that are not, again, aligned with your heart? And so my undoing, that song really is just a a song of repentance, a song of refining, a song of coming back to Jesus as my first love, realigning my heart with heaven and just saying, God, who are you? And what are you saying to me? What is it that you want to do and say in this moment? Because I'm listening. And if there's any blinders on my eyes where I can't see, Lord, would you show me my blind spots? And would you highlight the things that you want me to see right now? And it really is just kind of this unraveling of all of the things that I've like taken on that weren't what God gave me. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Just releasing it again and just saying, this is my undoing. And there's actually beauty in the undoing. There's beauty in the unraveling. There's beauty in the coming back to the Lord and just going, God, I, I, I repent of the things that I've thought and the way that I've lived that didn't align with your word and your heart. <laughs> and as we do that, my probably one of my favorite parts of the song is is the bridge because it says like you're refining the deepest parts of me and then it's like you're rebuilding Mm -hmm. you're rebuilding these ruins and that's what he does when we surrender our lives once again and we just say here here you go god i've made a mess of things Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm bringing it to you and he just begins to refine and restore and renew and rebuild and and it's so much better than before right it's kind of that concept of like you can't have a resurrection without a death and 
there are many things in our lives that we have to surrender or we have to plant like as seeds in the ground because a seed has to die before it grows. You know, it's these things that we have to just surrender and be willing to walk away from and just watch God begin to refine and restore and realign and rebuild. Meredith, you've uh, had some landmark events this year. One of those is you and your husband celebrated anniversary number 15, if I'm knowing right. So you've shared publicly that there was a season where you hit a crossroads in your marriage and you're under a lot of stress uh, with from a move, very young children, your career, wondering if you were going to be able to make marriage work. You've crossed over that uh, divide and are at a different place now. So what did you learn through that time? I think that marriage isn't always necessarily like, oh, I mean, yes, we got through that season, but we've also walked through hard seasons since then as well. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. oh, we're, we're through it <laughs> we're and done. it's never going to happen again, <laughs> yeah. right? That's how, you, I mean, that's growth. That's maturing. That's, again, letting go of old patterns and allowing the Lord to heal the things that need to be healed. By the grace of God, like we are closer than we've ever been. Mm-hmm. And we see ourselves, I th- and I would say one of the things that I learned if in that season and even moving forward is we had to learn how to see ourselves as partners and not as enemies. Mm-hmm. But the actual enemy can get a foothold and make you think that that person that is supposed to be closest to you is your enemy. And that's why you have to dismantle these lies and heal whatever trauma might be perpetuating those lies. And also just go, God, help me see my spouse the way you see my spouse, to love my spouse the way that you do. You know, we don't get it perfect by any stretch, but I'm so thankful for where God has brought us that now we get to see our our lives is like, this is a partnership as ambassadors of the gospel, as builders of the kingdom, you know, and we get to do it together. And he's my best friend. Sometimes I feel like I don't really want to talk to you right now. (laughs) (laughs) There's grace in those moments too. Just learning how to extend the same grace that I've been given and knowing that I want the deep things. I want the best marriage that I can have. And and that's going to take hard work. And that's going to take honest questions and, you know, walking things out that feel really hard and impossible sometimes. But on the other side of that is victory and healing and intimacy and like just the depth of relationship that you wouldn't have otherwise. They always say anything worth having is going to you're, it's going to be a fight. Hmm. And sometimes you just, you have to know that your fight is for your marriage. It's for the other person, not against them. So Meredith, let's go back to another new song that you released this spring. And would love to know how Jesus gave you that. This particular song is called God of the Living. Yeah. So God of the Living was a song that was also written in 2020. And we can look around us, Stan, and, and we can see you know, the effects of the broken world that we live in, you know, entropy and disease, brokenness and and even death. And as as believers, as followers of Jesus, we are not meant to operate from a place of despair or death or anything of that nature, because the old man is now gone Mm -hmm. and we are new creations. Therefore, we align ourselves with the kingdom of light and life. And that is 
the, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And so if we believe that we are from this opposite kingdom and we get to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, it chi- it shifts everything for us. When we stand on the fact that God is the God of the living, you know, it's kind of like when the angel said to, was it Mary at the tomb? He said, why do you look for the living among the dead? Mm. He is not here. He is risen. Well, that is the crux of our whole lives, of our, of our salvation, of our of this abundant life that Jesus has invited us into. The why do we look for the living among the dead? He is risen. And, and the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive inside of us. He is the God of the living. He is the resurrection and the life. And he promises that for us because we get to inherit everything that he is and everything that he has. And so this song, God of the living, is kind of this reminder and this declaration of who God is and the implications that that, that, that has for our lives as children of the Most High God, that everywhere we go, everywhere we set our foot, we bring life. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We get to infiltrate this world with the kingdom of heaven um, because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and he raised Jesus from the dead. So Meredith, we uh, talked uh, earlier about a landmark event being 15 years of marriage. So another one, and I only feel good about doing this because like you say it publicly. So <laughs> you are, you turned 40 this year. So. I did. <laughs> would love to hear a little bit of your reflections on that. Like after 29, sometimes we get a little squeamish about, oh, 30 and then oh, 40. So how have you processed hitting that 40 mark? Well, I just kind of feel like it's a number, you know, <laughs> and I did. I think I did say this. I keep waiting to wake up and feel 40 because I and I look at my kids and I'm like, are you really mine? Like, how do I have three kids that are like almost teenagers? I don't understand what happened. But time is so wild. I am so grateful for this season of my life. Hmm. I feel more comfortable in my own skin than I ever have and unapologetic of of how God operates through me. And I just am thrilled that I get to partner with the King of Heaven, any capacity that He calls me to. And I want to do that as long as He has me on this earth. And I'm just excited about life and the present and the future. And I've, you know, learned a lot from my past. And, you know, I think that again, like it's just a number and, but 40 is significant for sure. I, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around. If I think about it too long, I just go like, am I really 40? Like, yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> How did that even happen? I'm not sure. You know, Meredith, we talked a little bit earlier about the whole COVID thing that we walked through, right? So we we were hit with a tsunami <laughs> as a country, right? COVID, race riots, still feeling the aftermath of plenty of that stuff and the, and the shifts and the changes that happen in our culture and walking through school closures and no concerts for you and working from home, all the stuff. What's left in the wake for you? Like, how has that impacted you, your world, your family? As much as I never want to go through that again, I do believe that God can take anything that the enemy meant for evil and he can Mm -hmm. turn it around and use it for good. Mm -hmm. And for me and my family, it was a season of God saying, okay, here you go. These are all the things that need to be addressed and healed. I didn't realize how much identity I had placed in my ability to get to travel and sing. That's why we have to go through this. And I'm saying this because I don't think I was the only one who went through maybe a similar experience of just kind of going, who am I when I can't do what I do? In a lot of ways, I also found my voice. And I don't mean my singing voice. I mean, just being able to speak for what is true and what is right and not apologizing for that. Mm. I felt like the Lord was saying to me, it's time for the church to stop negotiating with evil. And it's time to cut off its head. It doesn't mean that we accuse or blame people for the way that they've been deceived, but it means that we call out the sin that has destroyed our lives, that has been destructive towards people people, the people that God loves. 
So like we as the church have to learn how to find our voice and speak for what is true. What does God's word say? Because God's word to us is his love letter to us. You can't love people well if you're not willing to speak the truth to them. I can't be loved well if someone's not willing to tell me the truth of the thing that I got in my eye that I need help getting out. So it's not a judgment on people, but it is a judgment on sin. And it is a saying, okay, we must stand for righteousness and truth because we represent Jesus and his justice is full of his love. Because if he doesn't enact justice, then that means that the innocent continue to be abused. Justice and righteousness go hand in hand with the mercy and love of God. And we are carriers of his nature. We are carriers of his character and his attributes. And so for me was a big wake up call of when we see corruption or untruth that we have to stand up and call it out and say, hey, there's a better way. God, what God's ways are higher and they are better. And we can't stand for these untruths or this corruption any longer because he wants to bring it all into the light so that he can bring healing. So Meredith, uh, as a ministry, we started about two-ish plus years ago, we started a uh, Spanish format of the, of my bridge. So my bridge in Spanish. So, awesome. you know, it's been so cool, so fun. Just the ministering and getting, getting to know even better our Latino brothers and sisters across the state. And yeah. so in 2021, you did a uh, Spanish uh, album, right? I did. So what yes. was that about? How'd that come about? And yeah, I would love to hear about that. Well, okay, Stan. So I went to Liberty University years mm-hmm. ago. That's where I graduated from yeah. and was um, pretty set on moving to Guatemala after I graduated. Wow. Um, I had spent some time there when I was a student. I had taken several, I think five or six trips down to Guatemala, had fallen in love with uh, an organization and the people that were in the organization um, called Esperanza de Vida, Hope of Life. They had a school, an orphanage, a church, a hospital. You know, they were on this mountain in Guatemala and they were just taking care of the least of these. And I just thought this is where I'm supposed to be. And the Lord called me to Chicago instead, which was kind of the opposite direction. But I always have still... Yes, had such a draw and a love for um, the Hispanic community. And so, and I've also loved the Spanish language. I almost ma- majored in Spanish in college, but the opportunity kind of presented itself and the Lord brought it full circle and I got to record some songs in Spanish. It was so fun um, getting to do that. You know, most of the songs were, you know, songs that I had already recorded in English and then they were translated and got to... Um, sing them in Spanish. So yeah, it's just a really fun journey. Meredith, you give out a lot, right? So not only just at home with kids, but, uh, you know, serving your church and then still writing and performing music, doing concerts and tours. And in the midst of all that outflow, how do you keep your intimacy with Jesus where it needs to be for that to be authentic and life-giving and and fueled. One of the things that I took away from 2020 was that that rest is non-negotiable. And it's the kind of rest that feeds your soul, not that like makes you tune out because I think sometimes when we tune out, we miss what God is wanting to say. And I'm not, you know, I love a great movie just like anybody does, but the older I get, the more I just want to be really intentional with my time. And rest is necessary in order for me to maximize the impact that God wants to have through me. Margin is so key, um, even just for just hearing from the Lord. And what I also have kind of just gotten in this rhythm of doing is like listening for the Lord, even when I'm 
doing things with my hands, like the things that don't necessarily require my brain, like washing dishes or, you know, folding laundry. Those are the times when I really am like, I'm doing things with my hands, so I'm not going to like fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm just like, Lord, I want to hear you speak to me even while I'm doing these things. It's amazing how God meets us in our everyday life. I love finding God when I'm working, you know, to keep my house in order because I believe that he blesses that. And there are mornings when I can get up early and spend time with the Lord uninterrupted. And there are some mornings when he's just meeting me in the cracks too. So one of the things I'm going to take away from this uh, conversation personally, actually, was that rest isn't about tuning out. The way I put it is rest isn't about tuning out. It's about tuning in. Tune in to myself and what restores. Tune in to my Lord, who the one who restores. Yes. So that's good. Yes. Even in our culture, there's this tendency to want to tune out. There's a tendency to want to escape. But what if we were just more intentional about every moment that we spent? And like you said, tuning into what God is saying. And and I think that's part of even the praying without ceasing. It doesn't mean that I'm always talking to God necessarily, but it means that the heart posture of, uh, that my heart posture is attentive, that I'm paying attention to what God is saying and what he's doing all around me. I don't want to miss him. I want my, my spiritual eyes to be open so that I can see him and my ears to be tuned to his voice so that I can hear him. Meredith, wow. Thank you for being so open and for sharing your heart with us this morning. This has been a great morning, and I know there are thousands looking forward to seeing and hearing from you in person this weekend at the Horizon Music Festival. We've got all the details about this free two-day event on our calendar, which is on your MyBridge Radio app and the website. Meredith, thank you so much for spending the morning with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.